0: Hey guys, what's up? We are back for another episode of Onside Chicks. I am Jordan Rard-Coupe here with my co-host Kaylee. And yes, the NFL draft hangover is very real. So let's try and recover a little bit. How are you feeling after this week?
1: I'm so tired. I feel like the lead up to it and just prepping everything and mentally like researching. It's not even that I did like any manual labor. I just really was just thinking about it for so long and prepping and getting ready that now I feel like I've slept 10 hours a night all week and I'm still tired. I'm exhausted. And so as much as I love talking about this stuff, I'm like, I, I can't wait until we actually get into like OTAs training camp. Like we start having new, I guess, storylines. But then again, I know there's going to be like weeks that we have nothing going on in the NFL. So I'm trying to savor all of the draft talk while I can.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know exactly how you're feeling because I feel like we've talked about this. We prep for this. We put so much time into like preparing for what was going to happen. And then it felt like we put all this time going into it. And then it was over like in a blink of an eye. And it was like, I have been prepping for three months for this one weekend and now it's done. And now we can just kind of savor the news kind of predict what's gonna happen this season and now we wait four months for the official kickoff.
1: <laughs> yeah, it kind of wild. I I feel like that it was so long getting to draft day. Like really? longer longer than usual. There was a lot of drama in the off season, which we knew was gonna happen. And now like we're past the draft and things are slowing down. And I'm just I don't know, I don't know what I want. Like when it was when all the drama was happening, I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to just like for it to be over for us to get into camp and like things to calm down. And now that they're calmed down, I'm like, Oh, we have to talk about other sports now. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I'm definitely, I just want week one. I want, I want all of the live action. I want everything happening. Um, But until then let's yeah. talk a little bit about yes. a lot of, so many trades. I remember at one point I was sitting there and I was like, I'm not, I don't even remember what the original draft order was. It was like every two seconds people were trading up, trading back. So what do you, what teams do you think won this?
1: I'm going to, my first one I have two, but the first one is Chicago. I just think everything they did. Incredible. I think moving up for Justin Fields, obviously the perfect move, exactly what they needed to do. Um, And I don't feel like they gave up too much, right? Like they gave up two first round picks, one in 22, or uh, yeah, 22, a fourth in 22, and then the 164th overall in this year's draft. I I feel like if he's the guy we think he is, I don't feel like that's a lot, right? Like I I feel like other than the first round next year, um, that's really not a lot to ask for for Justin Fields. I don't know. What do you think?
0: No, I feel exactly the same way. And especially like you said, if he's going to come out and be their long term guy, that first round next year won't mean as much compared to what they're actually getting long term. Like they've need, when's the last time we've had Chicago with this stable franchise quarterback? Like I can't even remember. I feel like it's I, they tried know. with Mitch. Now he's in Buffalo. It Nothing was sticking. So I'm so happy for Chicago fans. They deserve this. And I really hope we both, we know how much we love Justin Fields. So I'm excited for him. I wanted him to be on a team where he could be that guy for them. I was nervous. He was going to get stuck in a situation with the 49ers or the Patriots where you didn't really know exactly what direction they were going to go or the Broncos. There's a lot going on. So I'm glad he's in Chicago. Even if he doesn't start week one, I think my prediction by week three or four at the latest, realistically, probably week two, Justin Fields will be their starter and hopefully he can just take this organization and run with it.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about that because I was, I think we've talked about this. Every ideal situation for a young quarterback coming out of the draft is to sit behind a veteran, learn the ropes, take your time, pull a Patrick Mahomes, right? Like that's how you get the best out of your rookie quarterbacks. But I can't imagine that's going to be the case in Chicago. Like, no. It's because
0: it's not, like, like Aaron Rodgers was learning from Brett Favre. Like, you you have guys like that. Justin Fields is Andy Dalton. And like, nothing against Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton himself is not, a starter franchise guy. Like he's your traditional backup. Like someone you turn to in a pinch, like someone you need just to get you a band aid. Andy Dalton is a band aid, unfortunately. So that's not someone that he's really gonna, I mean, I'm sure he can get like the feel for the league from him, but he's not going to learn how to run a team from Andy Dalton. So at that point, and especially with how much the bears have been strong, it's so fear. I feel like I'm like completely giving the alternate of what I normally go with. I'm, so on the page for sit them behind a vet but for him I honestly think with the state that this organization it is in it'll be best for him to just get out there they have weapons like they have yeah. a pretty solid team around him so it's not like there's it's not like the bangles with Joe Burrow they're not really starting from like nothing uh so I think it would be great and I hope I really don't think Andy Dalton's gonna last as their starter for more than a couple weeks max
1: i'm I'm pretty surprised they didn't take down the q b one Twitter post with right. Andy Dalton because I went to find it for work because I felt like it was a cheeky little tweet that everyone was kind of coming back to and throwing up. But I didn't see anyone actually use the actual tweet, right? Like, so I saw them like, make comments about it. But, I never saw anyone like actually post the tweet. So I was like, I wonder if it's still up. I wonder if I can find it. I go find it. I'm like, that's shocking. Like just going into this draft at all, leaving that up is pretty shocking. But, but yeah, I feel like it was a great move for them. I'm excited to see what they do for, I'm excited to see what he does. Not really the bears. I don't care, but like (laughs) definitely, definitely Justin Fields. I just really want him to succeed. But the other big one that they got was Tevin Jenkins. Yes. Incredible, right? Yes. Like to, to come in and get Justin Fields, trade up for him, make that move. And then to the cherry on top of that is Tevin Jenkins. And really impressive, right? Like he's an NFL-ready guy. He's a guy who's going to compete for and probably win that starting spot, if we're being honest. Yeah, And he's huge, regardless of who's under center. But just thinking if if Justin Fields is the guy that is under center come the start of the season, huge. Huge yeah. move for them.
0: You know, I think the way they handled this and they were aggressive moves. And you can argue yeah. I've seen some people give the argument they gave up too much. I really don't think they did because when you look at it, they made long-term investments to this organization. And really, you gave up one first round and a couple late rounds, one this year and one, what did you say in the fourth next year?
1: I think so they gave a, yeah. So a four a first round next year, a fourth round next year. I think another first round later. And then uh, the 164th pick overall. So a later you know, round pick.
0: To me, that doesn't... The, it's not like they traded up for guys... That are like wish like I really believe these are pieces that will benefit this team and carry this team moving forward. So the Bears nailed it. And it was like they got all excited, traded up for. And it's a good thing they did because the Vikings came out and said if Justin Fields fell to them at 14, which I 100 percent believe he would have at the draft order, the Vikings were 100 percent prepared to take him. So the Bears handled this beautifully. I think they did everything right, 10 out of 10. I was, like, so stoked for them.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love it. And then they went in, they got a running back, which is exactly what they need for depth behind David Montgomery. They went in and got more depth pieces on defense, which is obviously really ideal for them. So I think they killed it. I It's, it's what Chicago fans deserve. Honestly, we've seen them struggle for far too long, so I'm happy that they get to at least get excited about their draft and then we'll see what happens during the season. But did you have another team that tops your list for best drafts?
0: Another team that, and this is a team that really surprised me, the lions.
1: Okay. Love them. Yes. Love them.
0: I, like, I was so not expect. They were brilliant. And they focused so much on their defense. And yet, they still got a couple. They got a wide receiver in the fourth round. They took a running back with their last pick in round seven. Um, But when Sewell falls to you at... Seventh overall, like you have to take him. Like, and they could have gone a couple different directions there, but I think that was best case scenario for them. You just brought Goffin. Now you have someone there that is going to protect him, build your line around him. I like loved everything about this draft. Levi, I'm gonna butcher the last name. It's tough. Levi, oh <laughs> that's just what yeah. I've been referring to him as. But yeah, this was someone that I had going late on in the first round. And so for them to get him not late in the second round. I think he was ninth overall in the second round, but still to be smart enough to take him there. I just thought they handled it like perfectly.
1: Yeah. I think they drafted so much for need, right? Like these yeah. aren't the super flashy besides Penny soul, which again, if he, he, it, we'll talk about him again, cause he's yeah. going to be my number he one steal of the draft. I just love everything about him. But I think, Besides that, none of these guys are flashy names, but they're really good guys at their position. They're really strong guys that can come in and make an impact, whether it's in-depth and having that security for the future or whether it's coming in and making an immediate impact. But they drafted for need. You have a first-year general manager. Killed it. I mean, yeah. killed it. And and it is interesting because I think the – what the Lions got out of that Goff Stafford trade, I think, underwhelmed a lot of people. But I think this draft could really change how people are viewing what twenty twenty one could be for the Lions, right? And right. I think there's a lot of there's a lot more potential and anticipation going into the year for them now. So. I like that one.
0: Yeah. And I agree. And we've talked about it, how they were never really an organization that was committed to the rebuild. Yeah, The decisions that they're making, they're making smart decision. Even if Jared Goff isn't their long-term quarterback, they're building a team that is solid. And I think maybe they are not that I think they're going to come out and be outstanding this season, but I think they are moving in the right direction quicker than I originally thought they were going to.
1: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I'm excited. Did you have any other ones? Did you have honorable mentions? I oh got my Eagles. Of course. My Eagles
0: I, did well.
1: They did really well. They did well. Like I was
0: shocked. I I, I mean, we'll talk more about it. Well. But like I was blown away. Like there was there was one pick, one pick that I don't love. But okay. considering last year I wanted to personally burn Howie Roseman's house to the ground. I think this is a major upgrade and I'm like so content and I'm excited to watch my team.
1: That's exciting. I think it's, it's good because I think we're both in that spot and yeah. we both have teams that previously we haven't been that excited to watch. So I'm happy for us. I, I think my only other honorable mention was the Steelers um, really liked what they did. Surprising again, because their off moves weren't that impressive to me, but I think I just love Najee Harris. I think he's a quality human being. Yes. Um, he's obvi- exactly
0: what they needed, too.
1: Exactly. He's a gem. He's a gem. It's, he fills a need, especially after losing James Conner. He's going to be an immediate impact kind of guy. They also drafted for guys that are going to come in and be impact players this year, which I think is a really good sign that once this year comes and goes, it'll be the end of the Roethlisberger era, which I think most people are assuming anyways. But I think this is a really good sign that – you know, they're going to hedge their bets while they have everyone still there and then worry about the future a little bit later, which I'm fine with. I think, you know, if that's, if if you have a ready team, which, you know, they did pretty well this season, I think they had, you know, the later half of the season, you know, they struggled, but I think they've got pieces there. So if they yeah. can just fill, those, fill those holes, I think we'll be in a good spot. But yeah, that was it. That was my honorable mentions. Do you want to talk more in depth about your Eagles?
0: Yeah. Let's move on. We'll both give our, we'll do our, I'll do my Eagles reaction and then I need to hear your thoughts on the Jags, but yes. So the Eagles came out when I tell you I was panicking on draft night. Like I was in full on panic mode, especially when I think it panic really sent in when the Bengals took Jamar Chase because I was like, that was worst-case scenario. And I said, I can't remember if I said it here on my YouTube, but I said, I was like, if Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase go at four and five, that's worst-case scenario for us because in my mind, I was thinking the quarterbacks would go early on. They would push the rest of the offensive talent Back and then it would sit us in a great – and not even offensive talent. Push the cornerbacks back as well. Like So I was like, there's going to be options for us at 12. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Pitts is off the board. Jamar Chase is off the board. Waddle's off the board. Both cornerbacks are off the board. And I'm sitting there knowing that the Giants are in front of me and I'm panicking. And I was like, my mind immediately went to, oh, my God, Howie isn't going to know what to do and he's going to take a quarterback. <laughs> Like that is literally where i was going because the night before the draft they were trying to trade up to get fields so they their mind was there so i am my heart's racing. i'm like a nervous wreck i have like this um montage of uh <laughs> snapchat memories saved of me being like on this roller coaster of emotions and then we made a deal with the devil traded up with the Cowboys, which was best case scenario for them because they were going to take Micah Parsons at 10 anyway. So now they got the same guy they were going to take and they get an extra third round pick. And we actually handled the draft correctly. And we got Devontae Smith in at 10. And I was the happiest person ever because that was really all I wanted once I knew Pitts wasn't going to fall. But so this was best case scenario. Day two, I really wanted Asante Samuel Jr. just yeah. because I really wanted a cornerback there. So I was a little upset. Not that I was ever mad about the pick, but the more I think about it now, I honestly really like that we took Landon Dickerson in our second round because this is a guy realistically were in Jason Kelsey's last year because there was thoughts that he could even retire this year, but he came back and he said he's going to play again. I think this is going to be the end after this season and he has been a staple for our team. And not only the way Landon Dickerson plays his personality, like his grit, like everything about him reminds me of Jason Kelsey. So if he can come in and kind of be that for us, I'm really excited about it. The injuries are a red flag. So that's the only thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But if he can stay healthy, I love him his draft call. He literally is on the phone with them and he's like, I'll don't even send the plane. I'll be there. I'll be there in 10 hours. I'll start driving right now. Like, I just, I feel like he's going to fit in Philly so well. So I'm super stoked about that. The only pick that I don't like was our third pick, Milton Williams defensive tackle, just because I felt like that was one of the only positions that we were actually in a strong spot, nothing against him. I watched yeah. him. It was great. It was just the only position that I thought we like really didn't need that much help in. So I was kind of like, I felt like we wasted a pick there, but we made it up on day three. Kenneth Gainwell, I am so excited about running back out of Memphis. Love him. And I think we needed depth there. Miles Sanders keeps getting hurt. And we have Boston Scott. We have like these little guys. But just that added depth makes me feel really comfortable. So overall, we got the safety. We did end up getting a cornerback. So I think we hit. All bases, yeah. And I'm definitely pleased. Like I'm surprisingly shocked and happy.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I texted you. We were texting during the first round, and Devontae Smith is just a gem. I like love on his him.
0: Outfit, like he just great. Loves- he
1: was but- he's great. I I think I was. We talked so much about him over the past couple weeks leading up to the draft. So really exciting that that all worked out because I think. He's going to make a huge impact. That's obviously a team that really needs him and needs that impact. And I think he's just going to be like a light in the locker room wherever he goes. So
0: I hope so he already the next day, literally the day after the draft, him, Jalen Hurts, Brandon Graham, all into the Sixers came together. They were sitting courtside. I was like, this. So cute. Is like, yes, I was like, this is making me feel so good because it feels like we're getting like a brotherhood back. Like we're getting a vibe. Everyone's kind of, we're everyone's already working with Jalen Hurts and connecting to Jalen Hurts. So fingers crossed, this all is working out for the best. But you also had a great draft. Tell me about your thoughts.
1: Yeah, we did it. We did the tank successfully. We got Trevor Lawrence. I think that. You know, obviously our first number one overall pick in franchise history, I'm glad it was this year. I think it's one of those things that worked out. Like we've always, you know, hovered really early in the draft. I was joking around with some people draft night that because I've never had to legitimately like sit and cover the draft like pick by pick before this year, um, you know, I usually go to bed pretty early (laughs) just because (laughs) I don't ever have to stay up that late. So um, nothing new, but I do... I do feel – I felt immediately better. I think it was weird, though, because I knew who we were going to pick. I felt like it almost didn't matter who he picked after that. Um, I just kind of felt like that was it. That, there we go. We're done. The draft didn't even really start until pick number three. Um, but I like it. I mean, I'm happy. I He's going to do well, hopefully. Uh, I think the, the controversial pick was Travis Etienne at, at number 25. That was yeah. something that people – didn't love. Um, I really enjoyed it, though. I thought it was good. I, I, I'm i happy with that. Yeah. This entire draft was drafting for friendship.
0: And Friends. I, I like
1: that. I think it'll work. Yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I think so. I saw some feedback just from people. I don't I don't necessarily know if they were Jaguars fans or just overall commentating and being haters. But it was definitely like. They were upset because they felt like there's a lot more we could have done maybe defensively at that pick. Um, It is a first-round pick. But when you look at the overall placement of our picks, right, we were at 25, and then we were back at 33, right? So we're not, like, losing out on a ton between those two picks. But but I think, you know, we had five picks in the first 62. So there was a lot of room to kind of address needs throughout the day. But I just saw a lot of, like, panicked people – saying this means you have to trade James Robinson and what are you going to do James Robinson I'm like I don't know one team in the league that wouldn't love to have two great running backs like I I know we just got Carlos Hyde I'm sorry I hate to tell you like I don't know who out here is a major Carlos Hyde stan that's not the guy that's going to lead you to the Super Bowl like I I just I love him he's great but you need young talent and i think what etienne brings compared to james robinson they're two totally different kind of running backs they can be a really great one two punch you have someone who has a connection with your quarterback he brings that chemistry along with him he's great in the pass catching game i just think he complements james robinson in a way that is going to be really successful for us and i i of course it's going to take production away from james robinson but To be honest, if we want him to have a long career in Jacksonville, he shouldn't be the only running back there. I mean, we saw how that worked out with Leonard Fournette. It didn't. So let's let's not do that anymore. Like, let's not go that route. So I'm happy with it. We got Luke Farrell, which I think is also going to be a huge guy on the offense that's going to come in and play a lot this year. I, I I like the vibe. We have this young offense. We have this, these guys that are hungry, they're ready to get after it. And I think that you know, has only really been added to in the draft. And I think you look at what we gained on defense, obviously Tyson Campbell, Andre Cisco, who I think is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy that the fact that we got him when we did crazy, because he probably should have been the first to go in his position, or at least in the top, you know, two to three in his position. And I just love everything he brings to the table. We needed that secondary help. Um, and I think the main criticism Overall was that we didn't get enough pass catching help. Um, which is fair. Like if that's the only negative criticism we have about our draft, then we're in a pretty good spot because you look at what we have. We have DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault who's on the come up. We added Marvin Jones in the offseason. So I'm not mad about it. Like they definitely could have added another piece there, but I don't know how much it would have had an impact this season. But But yeah, I mean, if that's like the negative feedback, I'm here for it. Like, cool. Um, (laughs) It could be a lot worse, to be honest with you.
0: (laughs) No, 100%. I, and like you said, I like the Travis Etienne take. I Because we see what it's like – you see Joe Burrow and now Jamar Chase are back together, Tua and Jalen Waddell. Um, We drafted uh, Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson, who are both at Bama together. I know uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts know each other from Bama. Like, this was completely that draft for, like, camaraderie. And now you're seeing, like, if they have this connection, things like that – and we've talked about it not related to the draft. Just talk about, like, when the team has that connection – That's when you execute the best, just because you trust each other. You can kind of read each other's minds. Like, you know what they're going to do before they actually do it. So it sounds cheesy, like just drafting for friendship, but things like that will sometimes take you to the next level. If you execute it correctly, if you both have the talent, which I think they do. And like you said, it will take away from James Robinson a little bit, but overall You can't just rely on one guy. You need to have, you need options. And like you said, they run, they play different. They run like, this could be great for your offense. The only thing that did surprise me was Urban Meyer usually says he likes to build teams around the D line. So I was convinced that's the direction they were going to go. And not that it's a bad thing. They didn't, it just shocked me, but I like it. I like pretty much all the moves you made.
1: Yeah. And, and to be fair, like, I think we have strong guys on that defensive line. Like we have, those. that's really where our veterans are, right? Like when you look at our our roster and it's crazy to say veterans and look at those guys, cause they're still so young. But when you look at the turnover that has occurred between 2018 and now there's, I mean, most of our roster is turnover, right? Like Tom Coughlin pushed a bunch of guys out. Things changed dramatically. No one wanted to be in Jacksonville. So now we're rebuilding that rebuilding the culture, the reputation, And those guys on the defensive line are really the guys that have been here. Like, they've been here. They know the system. They have really helped establish an identity on defense that I think really helped not only the line last year, but especially our secondary, which is really young, right? Like, you had a bunch of young guys out there. They started off shaky. And to be fair, there's still guys like Trey Herndon that could use a little more polishing. But I think they all helped each other to get that identity together and really build one unit when it came to defense. So... I think we're in a good spot. Like again, no expectations that we're going to go and run away with anything this year. But I think um, just as in, in, as far as rebuilding goes, this is probably as efficient as you could ask for, right? Like you, you come into 2018, you don't perform how you want to, how you want to perform. You have people leaving. So between 2019 and 2020, you've basically torn everything down. You've kept who you want to keep. You've got a new coaching staff, a new front office, you have secured a first round, the number one overall pick and the best quarterback prospect in a decade. Like it's the most efficient rebuild you could ask for. So we'll see what happens in a couple of years, but I think it'll just be fun to watch this year, which is more than we can usually ask. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now I did see people arguing on Twitter over whether or not Trevor Lawrence would even start week one. Are you listening (laughs) to that
1: argument at all? Like, how who, else, who else is going to start? Gardner Minshew? Like this. But, yeah, and that's like my question is because they've been so up in the air about Gardner Minshew, obviously. Like we had Mike Lennon before. I don't even know if that's still a thing. I have no idea. I know we brought in like a backup in the offseason. I am not – my finger is not on the pulse and what's going on in the quarterback room because to, to talk about anyone else starting week one is wild. So like no one in that quarterback room is more NFL ready than Trevor Lawrence. And he hasn't even played in an NFL game yet. So like just let that sink in because Gardner Minshew love him to death. But if you're not going to commit to him, I don't think it's worth even going down that route. Like I do want him to be successful and I think he can be, but I think you've already decided he's not the quarterback of the future. Like you made that choice way more than he made that choice. So I think at this point you kind of have to cut your losses and really kind of dive in feet first into this rebuild and into the quarterback that you really, I mean, went all out to get, right? Like, to be fair, like, people might not think losing is hard, but losing that many games, strategically is tough, because you have a fan base to answer to, you have players in the locker room to answer to, players don't tank games, coaching staffs and front offices might, players do not tank games. So like, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to secure Trevor Lawrence. So if you're not going to play Trevor Lawrence, I'm not really sure what the whole point of all of this was.
0: No, I agree 100%. And you can make the argument. We, we make the argument all the time. It's better for rookie QBs to sit behind a vet. Gardner Minshew isn't even a vet. Like Gardner Minshew is still so new himself. He still is making mistakes and he still has a lot to learn. And if we're being quite honest And we love Gardner Minshew. I love Gardner Minshew. I want Gardner Minshew to go on a team that is going to utilize him and get as much out of him as they can. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to learn anything from him. If anything, Trevor Lawrence might teach him some things. He plays very mature. Yeah. So I don't understand. that. Every time I see it, I just scroll by it. I don't understand the argument.
1: Look, Jag's Twitter is like one of the most – it's it's one it's like the greatest place on earth and also the worst place on earth at the same time because there's just so much negativity, but we have a great sense of humor. So it's like you've got the humor paired in with just like overreactions constantly. And I don't want to say overreactions because we've been bad and like we haven't we don't have anything to show for the years that we were good. But at the end of the day, like let's just we don't even know. Like they've been they've been on this team for a week, right? Like they haven't even signed contracts, let's just Take a breath. Deep take breath. a step back. Like, let's just wait and see. But I can't imagine that they go with anyone else.
0: Oh, my God. We one. do We do have to talk about this for a hot sec, though. Him and his now wife stepping off oh, a plane in my Jacksonville. My jaw was on the floor. I'm pretty sure it was your story. You said president and first lady. And it's the most yeah. their suits were incredible. She looked like beyond gorgeous. And he was so put together. I loved it. It made me so excited just for you.
1: It is so, oh my gosh, just the suits, the tennis shoes, like the whole vibe.
0: They are goals. They are
1: goals. They were were a unit. And this is what I keep trying to explain to my boyfriend is you have to be a unit. Like this is why coordinating outfits is so important when you go anywhere in public because they come off, like when you see them get off that plane, you're like, I'm not messing with them. Like they are a team that's them two against the whole world, their goals, like they're building an empire together. And he just doesn't get that. I'm like, we have to wear the same shade of Burgundy because like that's the reason. That's the reason. Like we want to exude that kind of presence when we get out of the car. He just doesn't get it. So we're No, I think it's totally
0: fair. He'll get there. He'll get there. We'll make sure he gets there. All right. So now we both got our rant out. We, we, we can both it. breathe now. We made it through. We made the right choices. There were some steals throughout the draft. There were a lot. Who do you think – I know who my favorite was, and I know you already kind of mentioned it, but go into who you think your biggest steal of this draft was.
1: I think the, big, the biggest steal – the biggest at all has to be Penny Stuhl. I just okay. think to to get him outside of the top five, and whoever got him – it was going to be a steal because he's a generational player. Every single team in this league could have used him at at any point, right? Like if you are that number one spot in any other year besides this year, you probably take him. So I I just, it's wild to me. I, I get it. Like I love drafting for friendship. Like we said, it's very cute. The connection's important. Chemistry is important, but I'm not sure how chemistry is going to work when your quarterback can't stand up in the pocket. Exactly. So I'm a little concerned for what they're going to do. I'm a little disappointed. I know we talked about it last week and we were both kind of like, there's no way they take Jamar Chase. Right. I was
0: shocked.
1: Nothing against Jamar Chase. Great player. Great guy. Nothing, nothing to do with him, but, based on needs alone. And I don't think Joe Burrow is a quarterback that's sitting there. Like you have to draft Jamar Chase. Like that's my friend. That's my, I don't think he's that guy. I think he's a very team focused guy. So this, I do believe was a front office war room draft decision, but wow. (laughs) Yeah, no, it
0: definitely, that definitely threw me through a loop. I was like convinced. I was like, there's no way they're going to, they're too smart for this. They want Joey B long-term this and this, He's not just an offensive tackle. Like no. there's so on, on draft night, I'm surrounded by people, and they were like, "They can get an OT," and I'm like, "You're not going to get a guy like you. no, you're not." And can you imagine? You have Joe Burrow, who is, I believe, going to be incredible. Like I see him as a franchise <laughs> quarterback for them. And then you next year, you're in the position to get this generational friend. I mean, offensive tackle like that just sets you up so great long-term and the fact that they just went nope like to me it blows my mind you are going to find incredible receivers there are always going to be incredible receivers and there are great offensive tackles all the way around but someone like him is so rare and when you were set up in that perfect position to make it happen and you just chose not to it's like the only pick that has gotten worse over time for me. Like it's like the, yeah. only it like digs at me. Like it like really upsets me that they didn't do it. And I'm so excited for the Lions, but it just, it makes me so sad.
1: It hurts my soul. It yes. hurts my soul. Did you have any other ones? I have a couple more, but I have what are your... more.
0: one in the first round that I just, like you, you can't easy. Like, easy, easy. Like that's an obvious one. Sewell fields. Like these are obvious ones. My favorite one, because this is someone who I wanted the Eagles take. I think we were fifth. We had the fifth pick in the second round. Um, I wanted them. It was either Asante Samuel Jr. or JOK that okay. I wanted us to take. And so the fact that he fell to 52 overall and the Cleveland Browns, literally every pick went on. Asante Samuel Jr., who is another one, he was taken at 47th by the Chargers, so I'm glad I can at least still root for him because I love them. But these are guys that I think easily could have gone. Like, I was scared Asante Samuel Jr. would have been taken. Yeah. Like, when the Dolphins didn't take him, I was like, yes, it's our time. And they had fourth pick in the second round. So the fact that they felt that far down shocked me. So I think they got steals here. And there were cornerbacks. The Cowboys took a cornerback. That wasn't Asante Samuel Jr. And I was like, yeah. what is going on here?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's wild because the more I talk about this draft, the more I realize that there were probably like fifty guys that were first round ranked guys, and That's- I can sit here and and say that all day. Where I'm like, that guy should have gone in the first round. And like, there's only thirty two spots in the like, first yeah. round there's too much talent. There's just too much talent. Yes. No, this draft,
0: this draft is honestly toxic just all the way around because there was so much talent. And it honestly, like you can rank the guys at some point, it's going to come down to like who best fits your organization because there was so much talent to go around. And that's why JC Horn going above um, Sertain. I completely understand the argument. Sertain was like the number one ranked cornerback, but it, the same time it's like these two guys were i think like on the same level of talent and i think you can swap one or two like it was them and then the rest of the cornerbacks to me so and if it just uh, sorry i'm getting so frustrated (laughs) like there's just so much built up this it literally we are in the hangover and i'm still trying to recover but no i think it literally gets to the point where it goes based on what your organization needs. So you can take a receiver or a running back that might be like, pretty sure the Ravens took someone in the third round. That was a seventh round ranked guy. Yeah, And I was like, and they just believe in him. Not that I agree with moves like that, but you know, stuff happens and sometimes people have faith and you just kind of kind of roll with it.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you. I think, and this draft was tough. The more I talk about it, yeah, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, what, what happened? But the Cowboys getting Micah Parsons, I loved to be able to trade back and get that. Also though, not only for them to be able to trade back, but for them to be able to trade back with you guys and make that deal happen. And for you both to get exactly what you needed and wanted out of the situation in the same exact division is really cute. It's a lot of fun. It is, it's, it's heartwarming and I think it was a great move for them. So I don't know. I loved it. I loved that
0: that one. It was definitely interesting because I literally woke up the morning after the draft and I was like, I'm happy with my Eagles. I'm happy with high Roseman and I'm happy with the Cowboys. I can't think that's ever happened at one time. Um, and the only thing I did feel bad for the giants and one of my best friends, Sam Cardona, who's the girl who talks sports. She has her podcast. She was heartbroken because she was like, it just felt like, the rest of the NFC East was just <gasps> out to screw us because like you guys each got exactly what you wanted and the Cowboys got, I mean the Cowboys, the Giants got so screwed. They had to trade back, which honestly, if that trade didn't happen and the Giants did take Smith, I wanted the Eagles to trade back at that point. Cause I was like, yeah. don't take anybody here. Like get something for it. Uh, but yeah, no, the poor, the poor Giants, they got a steal though. They got a Caesar Jolari at 50 yeah. overall.
1: To be fair, like yeah, they got a steal not only that, but their free agency was incredible. Yes. So they they they're in a good spot. Like it's not like they're they walked away empty handed and it's definitely not like they're in a worse spot than they were last year. Like they they definitely as a team improved between free agency and the draft. Like they're they're they've significantly improved yes. since last year. So they shouldn't be like too upset.
0: No, they shouldn't. And they still got they got Kadarius Tony out of Florida yep. with 20th overall. And he's a great receiver. So it's a, is. and like now it just adds extra depth for them. Like they're sitting in a very good position. But yeah, I feel like this whole draft you can kind of talk about steals from top to bottom because yeah. there was so much talent to go around. And people were just taking what they thought was best and letting some people that might have been ranked as better talents fall. And I think Dude. people had. like their own picks in mind. So even if other guys were on the board, they weren't really looking at it. They were just going with kind of what they were thinking, especially on days two and three. Um, But yeah, no, it was definitely
1: a roller coaster. Yeah. Guys flew off the board in the second round the third round it it went way it went fast and I think you're right like I think they came in with their draft board and they weren't adjusting to what was happening which is totally fine because if you've done your research on these guys you know these are the guys you want Mm -hmm. and they really have like an if this then that kind of equation formula going on inside of their head but yeah another one Elijah Moore that was a big one for me I Number 34 overall to the Jets. I just – I think that's a really great – like, to pick him up, along with Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, like, you've put your offense – and I was thinking about it because I read a stat saying that their passing EPA has been negative for a decade, right? I think there was, like, maybe one season that they had a positive passing EPA in in the past decade.
0: Okay, so you add
1: add Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker – or uh, yeah, Elijah Vera and then Elijah Moore. What? Like, yeah. talk about like drafting for needs and adjustments. Huge, like it, insane. That that was one I was surprised by because I really like him. The, he's another guy that I can sit here all day and be like, he should have gone in the first round. But he's just a gritty guy. Like he's athletic. He plays physically. He he is. He had like a ninety-seven percent catch rate past the line of scrimmage. I was like, how? How is this a second round? Pick. The fact
0: that the Packers did not take him at 29th overall. <laughs> I will don't. I will never get I'm sitting there and I was like, you just kissed Aaron Rodgers goodbye, honeys. We, like you know what you just did. Like, do you know you just dug your own grave here? Can do you we imagine to Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, let's yeah, transition. Well, let's
1: transition because well, this, this is, is a very perfect cover.
0: segue. How did the veteran QBs fare? Well, I can tell you right now, Aaron Rodgers is pissed. That was ridiculous.
1: They, hmm. Hmm. Number one, let's just, let's talk about the whole drama on draft day because look, I like Aaron Rodgers, but a little selfish to really make it about himself on draft day. I was like, hey. These guys' dreams are coming true tonight, (laughs) and you made it about yourself. You are stealing all of the thunder. Whatever. Like
0: that's anything less from him, though. That's like such an Aaron Rodgers move.
1: Such an Aaron Rodgers move. So that was kind of strange. I think in his complaints, he's obviously upset with the fact that they drafted Jordan Love last year, the fact that they didn't draft wide receivers last year when there was a ton of wide receiving talent. They're uh, just—he's upset overall, right? Like he is probably not going to show up to camp if he's even there past June first. He's There's a lot going on. And the fact that they just didn't help him out at all. And I think it's interesting because he brought up in his complaints, I think, something about the situation and how it parallels with Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. And when you look at what they did with Kyle Trask, you look at everything that went down in Tampa Bay where they're like, we talked to Tom Brady and like Tom Brady gets to decide this. And he's in this conversation and he is a big part of like our strategy and what we're doing in the front office. And then you look at Green Bay and not only are they, not including Aaron Rodgers in those those conversations. He had no idea they were going to draft Jordan Love, had no idea you're bringing in this quarterback to light a fire under his ass. Then you come into this draft saying you're not going to trade him, and then you do nothing for him. Yeah. No, it's 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 really rude. That's And it's not even that they
0: didn't even include him in the conversations last year. He went to them and asked them to get a receiver and – Instead, they drafted his backup in their mind, his replacement. So there's just so many layers here. And like you see, we just saw what the Packers did when you communicate with Tom Brady and with the other players. Like they put together a Super Bowl team in one year. The Packers could be there if there was any communication going on, like literally anything. And they ended up getting, and it's so funny the uh, wide receiver that they did get. Another A. Rodgers, Amari Rodgers. Dude,
1: I was like, that's really cute. I can't tell if that was supposed to be ironic and sarcastic or if, like, they really just like this guy, but... I bet it was a little bit of both. I bet they like him,
0: but they just seem petty. And they just, like, Aaron Rodgers is... Like, they know what they have to do to keep him. They're just doing the exact opposite of what they have to... They're shoving him out the door. So it's really... They haven't drafted a wideout in the first round in nearly two decades. Yeah. (gasps) What? Yeah, Green Bay, I saw this stat earlier and made sure to take it down because I was like, excuse me, I saw it on DraftKings. Green Bay has not drafted a wideout in the first round in nearly two decades, but the front office has found plenty of gems on day two. Two I'm, decades.
1: I'm personally victimized by that statistic.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty disgusting. Like, I... No, it really, it's really sad. It's genuinely sad. And the fact, like, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers on another team. Just, like, I i can't. But then I also, I want the best for him. And it's scaring me right now. It seems like they're just pushing him to retire.
1: It's wild, too, because you think, like, you look at all these teams that are right there. And you look at what they don't have and how far they made it and how the potentials there right like they could make a Super Bowl run with Aaron Rodgers like he had an MVP year last year yes. like, are we forgetting that like the it's the only not-
0: reason they lost the no. NFC championship game was because of coaching
1: literally coaching just it is like it's so frustrating because it's like when you look at everything they have their potential and the the easy fixes you can make to get to the Super Bowl and you're just not doing it like it's yeah. wild because it's like it's. I get that it's Tom Brady, but doesn't it seem like that just makes your life easier just to communicate and, like, involve players in those yes. decisions? Like, And I'm not saying, like, go to Drew Locke and be like, who do you want us to draft? But I'm <laughs> saying, like, overall, like, involve your players in decisions and make them feel invested in your team, invested in the future of your franchise, and maybe they'll be happier. Yes. Question not mark, really. like...
0: It's it's so plainly obvious especially when you have Aaron Rodgers. I'm if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, I think this team collapses because you really they don't have any depth. Like Aaron Rodgers is bringing the best out of these guys because he's Aaron Rodgers and obviously you have Devontae Adams, but Other than that, these are guys that would never be household name guys, and we know them because Aaron Rodgers is making them better and because he is able to find them and work with them. You throw Jordan Love out there, you are as good as Jordan Love could be. You are just not going to get that same response. It's not going to be the same. So they're really just shooting themselves in the foot here, and it would have been so easy Don't take a quarterback in the first round last year. And now that you did and you get to this point, you do whatever you have to do. Even if you bite the bullet a little bit and you make moves you don't want to make, you do whatever it takes to please Aaron Rodgers in this draft and not draft a cornerback and not even the best cornerback available with your, like your, it makes no sense to me.
1: A wild thing. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I struggle with this, but Let's talk about another disgruntled quarterback from the offseason, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Wow. Because another guy who literally said, like, here's what I want. And it's totally reasonable, right? Like, I want better protection. I want to be able to not get hit so much. And they're like, nope. They gave him – they should have –
0: they gave him a wide receiver. Like, Yeah. Does he need a receiver? No. I mean, uh, depth, I get it. It's always good. But he has – that's not their issue. Their issue is he doesn't have time to get the ball to the weapons he already has, sir.
1: Like (laughs) It's also not even a secret. Like, he told you exactly what he needed to make this team successful. And it frustrates me a lot, and I'm going to keep saying it. The fact that they ended last season and when asked about their, like, disappointing result of their season the fact that Pete Carroll said we need to run the ball more that's not the answer like to to use last season as an excuse to not let Russell Wilson throw the ball have a dynamic passing game and really be who the kind of quarterback that he wants to be is ridiculous right like he played out of his mind for most of that season, you had everything
0: but in the bag first half of that season. 100%. Like, but there's the only bag. so
1: much you can do, and your defense is really weak, and your offensive line is really weak. So I, it wild. Like they only had three picks, to be fair. So they had a second round, a fourth round, and a sixth round. Mm-hmm. So they drafted a wide receiver, a cornerback, and then an offensive tackle. But the issue is like knowing what you need to do to keep Russell Wilson there why wouldn't you give up something? Like, why wouldn't you trade up? Like, why wouldn't you try to make some effort to get another pick in this draft? Why wouldn't you do something, right? Uh And, like, in the second round, you're still going to get a top offensive lineman, right? Like, you're not going to get a scrub. Like, not that anyone in this draft is a scrub, but, like, you're still looking at top-level talent in the second round. Absolutely. The fact that, like, they went wide receiver there was mind-blowing.
0: Yeah. No, it was – I wish – oh, I just, like, I want to slap them in the face right now and just be like, what are, like, they are ruining their relationships with with their franchise quarterbacks. And do they not realize what they would be without these guys? And like you said, they're not asking for for much, and I can't even imagine, especially Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers might have a little bit of an attitude to him because that's just how he is. Yeah, But Russell Wilson, I bet he was so polite. And he was like, listen, like, this is what I want. Peace, love, happiness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like, I imagine him being so polite, and now they're. it just seems like they're walking all over him. And, like, when he put out his list of teams he wanted to go to, they were teams that would have protected him, the Raiders especially. Yeah. yeah that O-line was fantastic last year. I remember there was one picture where it was literally Derek Carr dropped back, and it was a shield yeah. around him. And it was like, this is why Russell Wilson – this is why they're on his list. So, and I get it. Like you said, they only had the three picks, but then make the most of the three picks you have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It not be that hard. It really shouldn't. And that's the thing is like I get that if you are in a situation, maybe like Pittsburgh, maybe where these guys are closer to the end of their career, right? Like maybe that makes sense. Maybe you don't go out of your way and draft up and trade things away to get those kind of players. But they're not at the end of their careers like Aaron Rodgers has a lot left in the tank Russell yes. Wilson has a lot left in the tank so you would think like as as close as these teams are to being legitimately good that they would put in the effort to reinforce those areas to keep their star quarterbacks there but and like like you said I I think Russell Wilson people who are more familiar with the team and their like communication and his kind of personality have straight up said like He wouldn't be saying it publicly if he hadn't brought it up multiple times internally, right? Like, he's not that kind of guy. So, like, he must have brought it up. It must have just gotten, like, swept under the rug or, like, pushed off to the side. That's why it's coming up publicly. I just don't see him as a guy who's going to, like, first thing go and be like, here's teams I want to go to. And the team's going to be, like, surprised, right? Like, I think it definitely came up before.
0: Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers... You can argue that he's at the end of his career, but that would be because he wants his career to end talent wise. The man just won MVP like he is killing it and they can get I fully believe he could play for another three, four years if he wanted to. I don't think he wants to.
1: But I don't think he wants to
0: unless he maybe goes to a team and he falls back in love with it. But at, did you see what Brett Favre? Brett Favre came out today and said after his conversations with Aaron Rodgers, he can't see him like saying, All right, let's forget about what happened and move on. Like he Brett Favre is saying he believes Aaron Rodgers is done with Green Bay. So it's definitely gonna be a roller coaster. But there's another one that we wanted to talk about. And this guy, yeah. I wouldn't say he's a vet yet, but he's Not definitely yet. moving yeah. closer. And definitely still getting more into a groove and figuring himself out. Lamar Jackson on the Baltimore Ravens. Compared to the first two we went through, I really like what the Ravens did.
1: They did it. Yes. They did that. They did that.
0: They handled it beautifully. They got him the wide receiver and Rashad Bateman, who yep. I think is going to be incredible. And then they went guard. They got another receiver, and then they got a cornerback, and then they got a fullback. I just think the way they went about this draft, like they hit every base that they needed to hit. The only thing, you know what, scratch that. The only thing I would have liked to see them fill was not that you can replace him, but kind of get an offensive tackle to replace Orlando, who's now on the Chiefs. But I understand, like that's big shoes to fill. Um, But no, overall, I really liked what they did. I think they went out of their way to help him and to get what they could to make him look the best he could be. So I'm excited for them.
1: No doubt. I think, like you said, this, the situations are night and day, right? Like yes. this is a guy. And I think there's a lot of people who've made the argument of moving on from Lamar Jackson or not thinking that he's capable of being the franchise guy there. There's a lot of doubt. I don't want it. to hear it either. I love him. And Me I too. think there's a lot of doubt around his position there long-term and whether he's a franchise guy but the Ravens made that statement, saying he is our guy, and and they did that through their draft picks, right? Like these, every single pick they made was very strategic, very laid out in a way that benefits him the absolute most that it possibly can. It's a, it's going to be a roster of really good young talent, not just the guys that they're bringing back, but the guys they added in the draft. I'm excited. I think this this team fell off a little bit. They got a little stale, and I think these are the pieces that are going to be needed to bring back that really dynamic offense, keep teams on their toes. I think Lamar Jackson's going to get back into his groove with some additional weapons to play with. But, but yeah, I, I was really impressed by them. I think I was – I don't know. I felt like their draft could have gone either way, and I was kind of holding my breath, I think, when that first pick came up because I was like, well – it's it's really gonna be make or break on whether their season's a success. Because I think what I love about the drafts, it gives you this really nice mindset and a little sneak peek into what teams are thinking and how they're approaching the season, not just the draft, but I guess what their goals are, right? Like you can tell whether they're drafting for the future, or whether they're drafting for like a win now situation. And I think with the Ravens, like they made such a strong statement. I loved every pick they made. They should be fun to watch.
0: Yes. And like you said, they did come off a little stale this season. Not that they were bad. Like, they got into the playoffs, but barely. And this was a team that – they were my Super Bowl favorites the year prior. And it was an upset because of the Titans in the first round of the playoffs. But this was a team that was so strong. And they weren't bad this season, but they definitely didn't have that fire that they had the year prior. But I think them – the fact that Lamar Jackson – made it into the playoffs, got his first playoff win. And now after having this draft, knowing that the team believes in him, this is a team that I think is going to come out and be the real deal. And I want to see the absolute best from him because I think he deserves, he's just like a national treasure, like the sweetest human. He's a beast. And I think, well, I don't understand. We've seen him throw and now he has extra weapon. Like he has yeah. the arm, he has the mobility, he's smart. His And that is someone his team Loves and they all route, they believe in him. So, I am big trust, like, I'm full, I'm convinced that the Ravens are the real deal. I'm here for
1: it. I do have like one off book question I want to ask you just because I was thinking about it. Obviously, we talked about Mac Jones to the Patriots, that ended up happening now. Ideal situation, like we said, you sit behind a veteran quarterback, you learn Cam Newton's not the worst guy to do that behind yeah. by any means. But we also saw that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are very impatient. We saw that they had one bad year, they went into this buying frenzy. They didn't even really go out and try to explore other quarterback options. They were really just really they were like, let's get Cam back, let's just spend a ton of money in free agency and let's try to win some games. So now they have Mac Jones, who is a very much a Patriots quarterback. He's a smart guy. He's a very intellectual guy. He plays the game very mentally. He's very much a Bill Belichick kind of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance we see Mac Jones start any, any games this season?
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance, especially if we see Cam – and let me emphasize they made all of the moves that they needed to make this season, even if they didn't draft a quarterback, to at least give Cam the best possible chance that he could have. Because he looked terrible last season, but I don't want to put all of the blame on him because this was a team that was kind of in shambles. Yeah. So now he has, he's surrounded. Offense, their defense can hold it together. Like this is a team that's solid. So if we see after the first couple of weeks, Cam, and I don't think it would be earlier than Thanksgiving. Like, I think it would be late. But if we see Cam continue to struggle and continue to make the same mistakes, I would not be surprised if Mac Jones comes out and starts a game towards the end of the season. But I definitely think it wouldn't be completely out of the question.
1: Yeah, I'm leaning toward it happening just because I can't, I just feel like they're so impatient. They're so, no, I- they tasted mediocrity one time and they're like freaking out now. So I, I can't imagine that if anything goes outside of perfect, I think they're going to be exploring that option. And so.
0: especially now that they know, like it's in the back of Billichek's mind. Like he knows he has this guy. And we saw what happened the last time they had a guy on this roster with yeah. a three-letter first name and a five-letter. Like he came in and he's ready. And he whispered, do you see on draft? He whispers to Roger Goodell and He's like, this is, this is what I wanted to go to. Don't tell anybody. And then he announces this is the best organization. Like, so, <laughs> so, so I bet they're just going to absolutely fall in love with him. But yeah, no, I would not rule it out as we yeah. see to see Mac Jones start. Now here's one more off book question for you. What quarterback, I, I feel like we should emphasize like minus Trevor Lawrence because, but realistically out of the big five,
1: which yeah. one
0: do you think is going to have the most productive season or which one or two, if we're including Trevor Lawrence? Because that I think it's w- obvious he's going to...
1: Yeah, I would say most productive. I I want to lean toward Zach Wilson mm-hmm. just because I think when you look at everything that they have there and everything they're building there, I think they're setting him up for success. And, and not to say that Jacksonville is not setting up Trevor Lawrence for the same, but they have... They've got a lot going on there, right? Like yeah. they have a, their coaching staff is phenomenal. They have brought in what I think is the right mix of people. And I think they're doing everything the right way. Um, I, I would say Justin Fields, but I just don't think Chicago has, I, I they need to figure out who they are, right? Yeah, and I think exactly. that, That's going to be a big question. And I don't know that that gets solved, but I do like the idea that Zach Wilson will come in and have a productive year. Now I don't think it's going to be, anything crazy but I think just for him statistically getting into his first year I think he might fare better than the others what about you yeah
0: I agree I want my gut I want to say Justin Fields yeah just because I just feel like he kind of not that he got swept under the rug like he was in all of the conversations but I think he is so much better than the way everyone talking about him so I would love for him to come out and just be productive, and have this incredible season. And not that he himself won't. I do think there's going to be, like we saw this year with Mitch and Nick Foles, like I think there is going to be that quarterback struggle. They're not going to want to put it on him. I do think they're going to try and start with Andy. So I just think there's going to be that lapse. Trey Lance, I don't know if we're going to see Trey Lance at all. So I think it's going to come down to, and Mac Jones, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a start from him late. But I just feel like the quarterbacks that we are actually going to be able to see the most and judge is going to be Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson. And like you said, the Jets are moving very quickly. So I just think he's in like a very good position from day one. Not that Trevor Lawrence isn't because Trevor Lawrence, he has the whole package and he has that mentality. So he himself can come out and honestly, maybe take this team farther than we're expecting. Not like a Super Bowl run, but just yeah more productive than we were originally kind of planning on, but who knows? I definitely think it's going to come down to the two of them though. Unless will, Justin Fields comes out, starts, and just takes over, which I wouldn't be mad about.
1: I wouldn't be mad. I also wouldn't be surprised, but if I will say if Trey Lance wins this starting job in the offseason, comes out as a starter, even if he starts maybe a couple weeks into the season, I'm – probably going to lean toward Trey Lance on that one yeah he's he's extremely NFL ready he's extremely smart he knows the game when you look at that roster like let's not forget they were in the Super Bowl two years ago like they have a lot of that roster intact they're maintaining that so I think that's the whole kind of thought behind that is really just saying you know we want to get back to the Super Bowl and we're going to do whatever we have to do to do that. And I think on the outside, that looks like Jimmy Garoppolo and that looks like coming in and just reinforcing maybe any holes that you're missing from last year. But we don't know. Trey Lance could win that job. And if he wins that job, he's in a very good position. We also have an imposter in the comments, but but we're not disagreeing. No, we're not disagreeing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my god if trey lance comes out and starts that would be a whirlwind that would be insane oh my god and we do have to remember the i feel like everybody kind of forgot about the 49ers and everyone thinks the 49ers felt, the only reason the 49ers were bad last season is because of injury that's literally yeah That that team could not stay healthy And they were down, like, they were pulling, they looked like the Philadelphia Eagles with, like, practice squad. And, like, people were coming and going. And, like, we saw Jimmy, we saw Kittle, but then they were off again. Like, it was, they couldn't get into a groove. They lost big name guys week after week. So, as long as this team can come out and be healthy, whoever they have at quarterback, they're a lucky guy because they are in a solid team.
1: Yeah. No, it's exciting.
0: Oh, my goodness. We made
1: it. There's so much. There's so much. But we right. Well,
0: thank you guys so much. We hope you are recovering as well. And now four more months until kickoff, baby. Make sure to follow us on all social medias. You can find us at Instagram at Onside Chicks. And you can find us on Twitter at Onside Chicks Pod. Kaylee, is there any other last minute things you want to throw in there?
1: No. I'm just... Recovering, excited to spend a weekend with not a lot going on. Yeah,
0: just kind of chilling.
1: I (laughs) agree. Yeah.
0: All right. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. Bye.